I'd like to welcome you all to Sunday service here at Ananda Village. I'm Naya Swami Parvati. This is Naya Swami Pranaba, and we're very happy to be with you. And I'd like to extend a special welcome to all of our guests and visitors and to all those viewing around the world. I'd like to read from Rays of the One Light. Uh, this is written by Swami Kriyananda based on Yogananda's teachings from the Bible and Bhagavad Gita. Week 39, there are many, pa- many are the paths to truth. Truth is one and eternal. Realize oneness with it in your deathless self within. The following commentary is based on the teachings of Paramhansa Yogananda. On the dedication page of Swami Kriyananda's book, The Path, appears the following account. A group of Paramhansa Yogananda's disciples had gone with him to see a movie about the life of Gyandev, a great saint of medieval India. Afterwards, they gathered together and listened to the master explain certain subtler aspects of that story. A young man in the group mentioned another film he had seen years earlier in India about the life of Mirabai, a famous woman saint. If you'd seen that movie, he exclaimed, you wouldn't even have liked this one. The guru rebuked him. Why make such comparisons? The lives of great saints manifest in various ways the same one God. The Bible contains a similar account in the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 9. And John said, Master, we saw one casting out devils in thy name, and we forbade him, because he followeth not with us. And Jesus said unto him, Forbid him not, for he that is not against us is for us. The more central a truth, the greater the number of contexts in which it can be applied. Truth is like a pure white light containing within itself the full spectrum of the rainbow. Let no one tell you what your path to God ought to be. Many are the paths. Select your own according to the dictates of your own nature, no matter how out of step that puts you with other people. Sri Krishna, in the third chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, states, trying even unsuccessfully to fulfill one's own spiritual duty, dharma, is better than pursuing successfully the duties of others. Better death itself in the pursuance of one's own duties. The pursuance of another's duties is fraught with spiritual danger. Thus, through Holy Scripture, God has spoken to mankind. Om, Om, Om. Welcome, everyone. I'd like to read from Paramahansa Yogananda's book of prayer demands, Whispers from Eternity. O eternal fire, thou art the little slow flames rising through the burner of cosmic manifestation. Each human being is but one flame 
separate seeming from all others, and also from thy universal source of power. Thou dost appear many, finite, limited, small or large, but ever divided, shooting up as separate entities through the pores of living organisms. But thou alone art the one, eternal flame. All things other are but thy multifarious appearances. Over the years, I've had um, uh, the opportunity to have some observations uh, about people visiting the ocean. The ocean is a favorite of ours. And it's interesting, especially in areas where the water is much more inviting, where it's warm and kind of pleasant. Thinking of the Hawaiian Islands, for instance, that uh, it's easy to be in the water as opposed to the northwest of this country, where if you keep your toes in there for a few minutes, that's a great task. But in Hawaii, you can be in the water for hours. But looking at the array of people that come to the beach, um, there are a lot of people that have come for the first time, especially people that come from the Midwest that are landlocked. I grew up in the prairies of Canada, and it was landlocked. And the ocean, to me, I always felt very expansive and open. But observing people, <clears throat> the whole mix of people that come to the ocean, people that are less familiar with the ocean, um, they feel a great delight, especially in that warm water. And they're, they're very happy in being that experience. It's, it's very nurturing and healing. And yet, they're outside of the experience to the most part of it. It's as if the ocean is there and they're here. <clears throat> and they don't really relate to the ocean as being the whole array of possibilities. Uh, it can be calm and relaxing. And it can be powerful and overwhelming. As they say, never turn your back on the ocean. And the first time you forget that, you will learn it. Um, I think a lot of us have been walloped by the force of the ocean when we haven't been paying attention. But that's common for a lot of people that are new to the experience of the ocean. But then as you observe more, and I've observed this, uh, you see the people that have been around the ocean a lot maybe even living by the ocean. And you see a refinement. You see that they're more part of the ocean. They're more attuned to the ocean. They're less just being there with the ocean. They become the ocean, whether they're snorkeling or scuba diving or paddle boarding or surfing or boogie boarding. They're just much more in that feeling of the experience. They become one with the water more than the water, the ocean. And the Hawaiians certainly feel the ocean to be a living presence. And you can feel that as a refinement in their experience of, of what happens. And I've noticed this when I've boogie boarded, which I enjoy doing, that uh, you're always subtly aware as you do more and more of it with the presence of the ocean. You know when the waves are going to come that are going to be the right ones to ride. And you know the ones that are just going to be little ones, although they, they could be, because you're looking way out there, out in the ocean, to intuit, in a sense, as you grow more familiar with the ocean. You're intuiting that sense of what will happen with the power of the ocean. Will it just be a, a wave that could be something, or is it just going to pass? And you can start sensing that very real. <clears throat> and you can sense when it's going to be a really good wave. 
And sometimes, if you're really tuned in, you can sense when you better dive under because it will plow you into the sand. And so you have this sensitivity. You have this awakening of uh, the presence of the ocean, the prana, the force of life, that, that connectedness with you. Well, it's the same in life as devotees, that the ocean of God is something that, even for the new person, they delight in having that touch of God's presence, the ocean of God. But it's sort of dabbling. It's sort of, again, remaining from the outside, looking in, perhaps even having some powerful experiences to a degree. But you look at someone, and it's not a length of time that I'm talking about, but you look at someone that is refined in the ocean of the divine, that and what that refinement comes from is more that offering to be in the experience rather than the outside wanting that experience, that you find in that refinement, again, that connectedness, that sense of awareness. And when that happens, you really feel that reality that truth comes in many paths. There's no limitation. And indeed, this is a a kind of a dichotomy that the mind doesn't quite grasp easily, that paths are many. And in a sense, paths are as many as there are people in existence. And yet there's only one path. And both are valid points. Again, the rational mind doesn't feel that comfortable with that dichotomy, that difference, that contradiction. But it's very true as the devotee understands his life, that each one of us is really having to follow the path that is unique to us. We may gather together and have a situation like Ananda or some other setting, some other group. But even within that setting, we personally are really finding our way to uncover who we are in the divine once more. As Yogananda said, each one of us individually needs to make love to God. So there really is only that. And so that's why there is only one pathway for each of us. It doesn't mean we become dogmatic and narrow in that experience. Indeed, just like those, um, those folks that are more tuned to the ocean, they're much more alive in the possibilities that are there. And they're much more, um, from what I've seen, a lot of them are much more supportive of the new people, cautioning the two you know, no, put on your snorkel fins when you get in the water. Don't backstep all the way down into with your fins on. But, you know, and then just float in the water before you put your mask on. Sense the water. Look out there in the water. See, are there, are those, those waves that come every once in a while, which is pretty common. They come in sets. And for a snorkeler, it's good to just appreciate they're there. Um, you know, some of them are going to be powerful as they reach the very shore, and that's when you want to maybe pause before you go into the water, but then go in between the sets, get in the water, and you'll probably swim out beyond where those waves are going to impact you. You'll be fine. But the same with us is that once we're really in that attunement and we're offering ourselves, we're opening ourselves, the ocean supports us. Well, God supports us more and more. And we're able to appreciate those around us more. We're able to appreciate the differences in how we all are. We can see someone that's new to the spiritual journey, at least in this lifetime, it's new to them. And we we see in them 
what we perhaps went through. And it's not to say that, hey, I can tell you what it's like. We don't want to be uh, that way with people. We want to say, I'm here to support you if you if you want some support. And we offer that. But maybe it's just that we're offering that in a prayer, in our attitude, in our energy, in our awareness around someone else, that we're nurturing them. Because not all pathways lead to the highest realization. We, we need to use obvious um, discernment in our discrimination. God has given us discrimination. But for someone else, indeed, they may be just walking a little bit, dabbling their toes in the water rather than jumping in and being a part of that experience. And that's appropriate. <clears throat> but that's why it's interesting in this reading today where it says, you know, basically we need to find the dharma of our own experience, to follow our own dharma. <clears throat> but what is that? And how do we really follow that? I mean, we're still caught in the ego. What do we trust? How do we go forward in the right way? Well, one way is to tune into a true guru, to really follow the spiritual, not only, not only the teachings, which are valuable, but more and more, much more important than the teachings, is tuning in and following the vibration of a true guru, to be in that complete openness of a child to a parent, to feel that experience of the vibration of a true guru. And then, yes, the teachings are important. They allow us to take the steps before us that really create then more of that connectedness with the true experience of the guru, which is oneness in God. <clears throat> but not everyone has a guru. Maybe some of you that are visiting Ananda for the first time haven't made that choice of coming to that commitment of discipleship to a true guru. And that's appropriate. All of us have been at that point at some point, either in this lifetime or other lifetimes. And it's an important phase to go through that we open up to then what is there. And the reference point that's going to be important then for all of us at that phase is what do we look at in terms of where that dharma is going? And it's understanding and asking ourselves, is the choice or the choices that we're making are they leading to greater freedom? Are they opening us up to release the ego's bind on us? That is the reference point if we don't have a true guru. And that becomes the guiding force of the nurturing energy inside of ourselves that we start to intuitively pick up on more and more. That we sense it in times of forks in the road. I think you all are aware, most of you are aware, that this great Saint Yogi Berra passed away the other day. And he's well known for his, it's called mal, malproisms? Malproisms. That um, he said, when you come to a fork, take it. <clears throat> and it's deja vu all over again. But, uh, yeah, when you come to the fork in the road, take it. Uh, there's some real wisdom in what Yogi Berra said there. <clears throat> because really, it doesn't matter so much which part of the fork you take. It does as you refine who you are and what's happening. But the first step is to move forward. Because believe me, every one of us in this room, maybe not in this life, but certainly in past lives, 
have come to that fork in the road of our, of our lives and we have stood still and not moved our energy. And so the, the guiding awareness, that reference point again of greater freedom, allows us to know, even if it's just a little bit more freedom in this direction compared to that, then we move the energy in that direction. Because the guarantee from the masters, from the divine, is that if we sincerely offer ourselves along the path, along this journey to self-realization, whatever cloak, whatever garb that is wearing for, for each of us, that in that sincerity, in that willingness, the divine come to us and correct us if we make the wrong choice. But it's also good, in a sense, knowing that we have to follow our own dharma, it's good to bounce that off of others that we respect, that we treasure perhaps their intuition, their wisdom, their sense of the divine. Because sometimes we can go a long way with the ego fooling us in making a choice. So, and that's, again, not a terrible thing because the wave will crash on us and wake us up. But we want to refine so we're not making as many of those decisions from the ego. We're wanting to be absorbed in the divine through our soul experience. And so in making those choices, always refer it back to the freedom and allow others that you trust that will nurture your soul care to be a source also as a reference. But the bottom line is that we will need to follow that which we feel is the right way from our own understanding. And sometimes we need to do that with an energy that says, this is an experiment. Because we want to put energy into it, and we're not quite sure. It's like um, uh, when you're out in the ocean, um, and if you're boogie boarding or surfing, that you're not quite sure if this wave is one that's going to be a good ride, or it will drill you into the sand. And so you sort of just have to trust at that point that the right thing will happen. And then you engage. I mean, if you've ever been on a boogie board or a surfboard and done it for a while, you know you have to participate. Parvati said at the beginning of the purification ceremony that it only works in purification when we engage by saying, I seek the purification by the grace, I seek purification by the grace of God. Well, same when you're riding a wave. If you're just hanging out, either nothing's going to happen, you're going to miss it, or it's just going to crash on you. But if you're moving energy, uh, kicking your legs, you're starting to move towards the shore with the direction of the wave, then it's easier to, one, ride the wave if it's a good wave, and it's a lot easier to move underneath it quickly if it's not a good wave. You'll still get that tumbling effect. I remember one time coming out of a ride feeling as if I was in a washing machine. It just kept rolling, and I came out real dizzy, not even knowing where the shore was when I stood up. So, but that's a good experience to go through because it, it makes you aware of, okay, that was something that happened in this setting, 
And I respect that. I respect the, the power of Maya in that way as what the ocean is at that time. Uh, of what delusion can come in and do. It can just spin you around. But then we acknowledge that and say, okay, but let me go forward. So that's there in my sense of awareness, in my intuition. And as I see the next set of waves, I can perceive and feel more what is it that's trying to happen. I'm feeling my dharma more connected with me. I'm feeling that presence as really what's guiding me and then I'm just tuning in more. Rather than thinking, I'm going to ride this wave, is that we're going to ride this wave. The divine and me. And so before I ride a wave, when it's coming, I always say, Om Guru. Because then whatever happens, the wave will be the right way for me at that time. And I'll know inside my own experience how to go deep in that. How to not be there outside of it, but be inside of it. And that's really true for all of us, that if we can just follow the path that's opening up more and more to us, it's already there. We're just opening up more to it. We're enlivening our experience by touching it on a deeper and deeper level. That refinement happens, and we become that experience. We become the touch of God itself. Let's meditate.